0: Well, day there and welcome to the Oak City Church podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us today for another encouraging message from our Sunday gatherings of Oak City Church. If we can connect with you in any way, please see us at oakcitychurch.com.au or check out our socials online. We hope to see you in person soon. that we can come back together as brothers and sisters in Christ and declare again that you are the Lord of our life, you are the King of our life, we love you and you love us as you have shown us on the cross. Um, and so Father, as we as we do enjoy one another's company, enjoy your presence, um, we are so thankful. And while the last four months have been tough, um, we know that you've been bringing about an ache for your name in the city. So thank you for each and every person that can join us this morning, as well as those who might be online. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome. Well, you can go on and take a seat. Um, Kitties, it's so great to have them here. You are going to go out and join Courtney, wonderful Courtney. I'm just going to head out with the kids. If you don't know the name of our kids program, it's called Acorn Kids. Isn't that cute? It's supposed to be cute, thank you for that. Um, but just like Jess said before, just want to say a massive welcome back. Um, I must admit this morning to just feeling a bit of low level anxiety, like goodness we can get back and do this again. Um, and it's just so much, so much joy in my heart. I hope it was to be back together. For those who I haven't met before, my name is Charlie and along with Jess um, and an amazing kind of team here uh, as Jess already gave some history. Uh, we're almost three years in February as a church plan, of which two of those three years have been pretty dramatically affected by this thing called COVID, you may have And so we're just trying to um, continue to do what we feel like the Lord has put on our heart for the city of Blacktown, um, and I also just wanted to quickly say before I jump into the bulk of my message this morning too, or I can take this thing off now. <laughs> um, But usually, as Jess said, we would be in that back room and have a nice big screen and we'd have lyrics for songs. Um, Next week we're going to have a new screen set up in here, uh, if we are inside, just for your knowledge. So if you're sitting there going, I've got no idea any of these songs, then you are not alone, alright? And we're going to make sure we fix that for next week. Uh, But it is so great to be together. Um, Yeah. As much as I've kind of in my mind prepared for kind of being back together, it just, nothing replaces it. The the sound of being together, the laughter (laughs) out the front, the kids making too much noise, all of that kind of stuff. It's just so, so good. And just so you know, this morning is mostly about celebrating being back together again. And so I'm gonna aim to keep my message quite short, which some of you know is an (laughs) oxymoron. That's the biggest applause in that and we are going to aim to just keep having some morning to the outside, more coffee, all that kind of stuff. And in the hustle and bustle of um, setting up this morning as well, hey, who likes the new sign? Now, we are going to finish our time this morning with communion. Now, Alan, I realise that I've completely forgotten to bring the emblems out from behind the back of that. So I might ask you when we get to that point to, to go and get the emblems out. If you don't know what communion is, um, I'll explain that soon. But Hey, four months of lockdown. We are back after four months of lockdown. Um, I can remember back at week one, Jess said, I think we should go online this week. And I went, you're dreaming. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It wasn't fine. Okay, so, um, yeah, way back then, thinking, you know, where we are now. So much has happened. Uh, We've got some new marriages that have happened. ago now running around and running circles around us and so so much has happened in four months but if i could also confess to you it also feels like time has stood still like there's been moments where i'm like how is it christmas next month like how did that happen and it just feels like time has stood still and suddenly we are in november leading into christmas very very soon Um, And one of the things that I think has been a really worded season for us as Oak City Church, and if you're just joining in today, you are so welcome. But we we did an interview with a guy from the UK, and of course, the United Kingdom has been through far more significant lockdowns than we have. And he said these words that I think kind of like really jumped out to us um, as we were trying to work out what does it mean in this season to try and follow Jesus. And he said, all of us are being formed and changed in lockdown, whether for better or for worse. Now, I don't know coming out of the other end of lockdown, if you're going, oh, that was a really good thing, or gosh, that was a really bad thing. I slipped into some bad habits and some things. I wish that I did better. But as Jess says, it almost feels like today, in a weird way, that we're relaunching Oak City Church. Now, I don't say that to disparage the last almost three years, because God has done amazing things. But God always requires something new from us in each new season. And as we're kind of getting back together physically, um, where we've come from isn't going to get us to where God's leading us. And it's almost like as we get back together again, God is inviting a new group of people, like there's people in this room who weren't here two and a half years ago, and we're going to talk more about where we feel like God is leading in the next season at Division Sunday in a couple of weeks' time. But we really feel like there's this exciting new opportunity. We are on the edge of something new. Now, when I say that, some of you may be sitting there going, Charlie, we've been in four months of lockdown. That's like, how do you have any evidence of that? We haven't seen each other for four months. But it just feels like there is something in the heart of what God has been doing. Um, And I love, I can't remember, um, yeah, that that lyric we were just singing in, in Waymaker, that even when we don't see it, you're working. And despite the last four months being unlike any other time in many of our lives before, we have this really strong sense as a church leadership that God has been at work. And He is inviting us as a people to step into whatever that is. And we feel like we're almost on the edge of something new as a church that has been existing for three years. And the kind of short um, message that I want to share with us this morning is a message that I've entitled, The Steps Required. The Steps Required. And so for those of you who have been part of Oak City, you'll know that we have been going through a series on Paul's letter to the Ephesian church. We're putting that on pause just for one week, okay? And Phil Evans is going to resume that for us next week. But I just felt like it was really important as we were back for the first time in such a long time to just pause and articulate some of those things that we may be feeling, we may be sensing for the next couple of months ahead. Um, one of the great things of this past season uh, – well it's great, not great, you know, there's some good in it – is the sheer amount of time that all of us have spent on Zoom, okay? Uh, now, what, obviously, we all hate Zoom, right? Okay? Let's just confess it, we, we give that back to the Lord, we confess it, we hate it, okay? But one of the positive things about Zoom is that you have been able to connect with people far more easily than you would, wouldn't have been able to beforehand. And so one of the things that I've been doing in the last couple of months is you connect with other church leaders, people who are going through similar things. And I don't want this to sound like a sob story, but um, for the last four months, it's felt a little bit like an AA group for pastors. It's just been like, oh, this, what are we doing? I don't know how to get out of this. You know, like, I just don't know what to do. Like, like, there's no handbook for this thing, as, as in how we've been handling the last four months. Um, But one of the things a friend of mine in New Zealand said to me a couple of weeks ago, and it's really just jumped out in my mind, and you would have seen it on our social media this week as well, and I think it's quite a pertinent idea, is that nominal Christianity is dying. Now, that may sound like a really jarring statement to hear at first time. Nominal, if you don't know what that means, is just someone who, you know, identifies with something but really doesn't put any life into it. And to say that nominal Christianity is dying, what I think that leader meant was this idea that this season that we've been in for the last four months, it sieved us. Like all the stuff that kind of needed to be sieved, like when you're making a cake and using ice and sugar, I've never done any of those things. <laughs> okay? But, but what, I imagine when you make a cake and when you use a sieve, the best parts come through. I <laughs> Stop. No, Jesus so in this season that we've been in I really feel like God has been bringing to the surface for those, call, those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus and of course it's a journey some of you may be at the start of that journey and I love that Jesus is so high and inviting people but also as we get closer and closer to him he also challenges us too but in this season like God has been bringing actually do I really want to follow Jesus because this last four months has been hard it's been really really tough and I think what this season is going to require for anyone who calls themselves a follower of Jesus, but particularly for us as a church, as we relaunch being back together again, is a new commitment to following Jesus wholeheartedly. There's a new commitment to say, actually, maybe this has been in a compartment of my life, maybe it's been on the fridge, but actually Jesus is saying, would you, would you let me be at the centre of your life as we go forward? And, and I want to say very upfront, that's what we believe as a church is that, wants us to live wholeheartedly for him and that's going to require new levels of faith not just playing it safe not just living with a cocktail of all the different things that i think can come into my life a bit of, you know consumerism individualism i'll do a bit of this and actually jesus being the living water in our life now um, one of the things that i loved to do when i was a, a teenager in fact it brought me many friends and also many trips to the emergency room at the same time was when I was a late teenager, one of the things me and my picker mates loved to do was to go and do high rock jumping, okay? So the stuff that makes every mother roll over at night, wondering what is their son doing? So I'm not talking like three metre rocks, I'm talking like five, six, ten, twelve metre rocks, whatever the height that you can get to. And of course, we checked the depth, okay? Like we weren't absolutely crazy. Um, But rock jumping was one of those things that I just loved doing as a teenager. Um, and, and the thrill I could get, I wasn't very good at adrenaline sports, so jumping off rocks seemed like the next best. Now, if you've ever jumped off a high height, um, you'll know that one of the worst things you can do is to hesitate. If you hesitate, you are in trouble. And in fact, there was one story where a mate of mine, his name is Johnny, and we went to this rock that was called Red Rocks, and he decided halfway through that he was going to bail. The worst mistake. This thing would have been nine, ten meters in the air, and he's gone to jump, and then he's been like, oh no, no, I don't want to do this anymore. And he's fallen almost like when he's on a deck chair. <laughs> and you could just imagine the horrendous slap as he hit One of the worst things you can do when it comes to rock jumping, and hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make the segue to following Jesus, is to be is to be half in. If you are half in, you will hurt yourself. If you are half in, you, you'll forever be thinking about, oh I want to be over here, but actually, oh, I'm drawn back there. And, and actually in this season, God is asking, not like a, a stupid teenager who jumps off a rock. But actually, someone who'd say, yes, I want to follow Jesus with all of whom I am. And that requires going all in. Um, and one of the characters in the Bible that's really jumped out to Jessai in this season um, has been the character of Joshua. Now Joshua was in the Old Testament. If you don't know who Joshua was, Joshua was pretty much Moses' apprentice. Okay, so he'd been following Moses around for a long time, as the people of God had left Egypt. He had seen all the amazing things that God had done. Um, they had wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. And I think there's some amazing stuff that we could talk about in there. Because there's this part in Exodus that pretty much says, hey, you can have this thing called the Promised Land, but God's like, I'm not going with you. Either you choose to come with me or do it on your own, but it's not going to work. Okay? Anyway, so the, the part of the, the story of Joshua that I really want to talk about this morning is as they are about to arrive to the Promised Land, The city of Jericho was promised to the people of God. Now, again, you've got to understand, they've been wandering around forever. they had been hungry. They were chronic complainers. Um, You know, they were always whinging about something. I mean, Joshua must have been just the best pastor. Like, because he must have just been like, Some people whinge about the coffee, you know, like, and he was just going, Oh, what am I going to do with what God has entrusted me in this season? And he was required to step into all that god had promised the people of god now there are times like can i tell you particularly when it comes to planting a church um, where you're like god i think i'm going crazy because i feel like you promised this but you are asking us to take the next step the next step and you're going this just doesn't seem like there is anything happening you know like uh it, it's even like this idea of everyone wants to come to something when it seems like a hit new thing but when it's meeting in a PCYC hall and we're setting up every weekend it just seems like a crazy idea like why would you do that
1: and where Joshua found
0: himself in the story of God and all that he was doing and the people of God and where they had come from it had got to that point where the Israelites were like let's just go back to Egypt it would be easier Let's just go back. We know we're going to have three square meals a day. Sure, we'll be slaves and stuff, but we're going to have three square meals a day. Okay? And so they face that very real, this is just too difficult. And I think one of the challenges for us as followers of Jesus in the West, not even just Oak City, but definitely Oak City, is oh, it's just hope. too hard. It's just a sense of resignation. We'll just go back. You know, we planted this church a couple of years ago. That, that was just. We'll just rest on that story for the next couple of years. That'll get us through. You know? But actually, what God is asking of every generation, of every follower of Jesus, is actually you step into the story of God for your city. Because this church, and I want to say it really up front in this, in this season, while we, we you'll, you'll see at Oak City that we love each other, we want to have fun, that's why we play a game every week, that's why we love coffee and eating, and all that great stuff, but we don't exist for ourselves. It's just not the reason we exist. Firstly, we exist to bring glory to Jesus. And secondly, we exist for those who are yet to know him. We want people in Blacktown to come to hear about Jesus. We want to impact the city of Blacktown. And sometimes that's really scary. Like sometimes, just as Joshua was going, how are we going to defeat this city, Jericho, that God has promised to us? Sometimes that's really scary. We don't have the answers. And that's why Jess says at the start, we have no idea what we're doing. Because we're trying to be faithful to what Jesus has promised. Um, but as we sang this morning, and, and um, I had an intentionally planned game, God is a keeper of his promises. God always holds up his end of the deal. Always. Sure, sometimes we'll question it. Sometimes we'll wonder how. We'll have all sorts of questions about the, the process. But God always holds up his end of the deal. What he's looking for. In small ways that lead to an amazing impact of people that would say, yeah, I'm in. I want to be obedient to that. Even my small little part. God's not asking for you to be Joshua. He's just asking for you to do your little part. And maybe one day he could use you like Joshua. And after the season that we've just been in, I am never, never, never more convinced of how much Blacktown needs a healthy, flourishing church. Not just one, but healthy churches. That's why we have great relationship with other churches in the area. But healthy, flourishing churches that are passionate about Jesus, that wanna see disciples made, that wanna care for for the poor and for the marginalized, and wanna plant churches. Like one church is not enough in Blacktown. And I don't mean that in a way of like, you know, we we wanna see healthy churches flourish. To impact the city of Blacktown. There is almost half a million people in the LGA of Blacktown that are crying out to come into a relationship with Jesus. That is why this is game on. That is why this is so important that it is not just for ourselves, it is also for people who don't know Jesus. Now, when they got to the city of Jericho, um, God gave Joshua some instructions, and I think there's some really good advice in here for us. We read this in Joshua chapter 6, verse 3 to 5 walk around the city and have all the men of war go around the city once do this for six days seven leaders will carry the ram's horn they will walk in the front of the special box of agreement and then on the seventh day you walk around the city seven times and the religious leaders will blow the horns when you hear the long sound of the horn all the people should call out with a loud noise and the wall of the city will fall to the ground and then all of the people will all go in the city now there's a couple of things that i just really want to pick out even just in these three verses and the first thing is is that this was god initiated like they were responding in obedience to what god had told them to like that, that like god's we say it a lot around oak city but god's love language is obedience and when it comes to planting oak city church this was definitely not just of my idea we could have thought of a, a number of great other options but when god said ask you to do something actually it's then on us to be obedient rationally what the people of god were being asked to do just there didn't make sense none walk around the city and then the walls will fall down good joke god but when they come out with you know with swords what are we supposed to do and and you know this this idea of planting a church of being passionate disciples in the city that's what god wants for this city of blacktown and you know god so loved the world that he gave jesus but god also so loved blacktown that he gave you and me and the reason that we are here is so that we could just see what god might do in and through and before us the second thing that jumps out to me is that there was an active participation required by the whole body so it wasn't just Joshua walking around the city going, I'm the super Christian, I'm going to change this. It was actually the whole people of God. Everyone was invited to do it. There was not a, actually, you've only been a Christian for three months, even since this. It was actually everyone was invited to go on that journey, to do it together, to play their part. And that's what God is inviting us to. And maybe you feel ill-equipped, well, God has got a plan for you because that's exactly where He loves us to be dependent upon Him. And the third thing is this. They put themselves in a position to do for God to do what only He could do. So sometimes, just like when we're planted Oaks in the church, we're going, God, we don't have the skills, we don't have the money, we don't have the relationships. We can create a really long list of things we don't have. But God actually goes, yeah, but I'm asking you to position yourself for what I can do. And so for the people of god who are walking around that city wondering oh we look like idiots those jerichoites are probably looking at us going, these guys think they're gonna beat us by walking that's never been a really good war plan just walking around like i've never seen that in any of the history books before and it's exactly the same for us god has asked us to do this and so therefore he will hold up his end of the deal we need to posture ourselves as followers of jesus to go god we're ready Making ourselves available. We're on board for whatever you want to do. And so, this new season that we enter into is an opportunity to jump into God's purposes for Blacktown. do loves you love some preacher's license that I can turn a rock jump into jumping into God's purposes? <laughs> to jump into what God wants to do in Blacktown. And there's a couple of quick things I just want to finish off. Just one line of sports. I want to encourage you with these. Firstly, Don't be an observer, be a partner. God's not looking for people just to consume and to watch from a distance, but actually to get their hands dirty. The second thing is, church is not meant to be some safe shelter from the world around us. It is actually the work of advancing the kingdom. So when we get together on a Sunday, and when we sing, and when we have communion, and when we open God's word, we are actually advancing the kingdom of God in our hearts for the sake of others. The, you know, the New Testament says don't neglect meeting together. This is actually really important and I think one of the things that we're going to find is that community is almost going to become like a spiritual discipline in the future. Because there'll be times where like, are oh, just hit the alarm clock, roll over and go to sleep. Or, ah, oh, it's raining. I won't go to church this Sunday. <laughs> but God is actually saying this is a discipline. You may not like it. Well, I just need to tell you the church isn't about you. Like I, I don't want to be the bad guy here. But church isn't about you. And so when we come together, you actually bring something that blesses the body. When we come together, you are actually bringing something to the feast of the Lord where we get to gather around and celebrate as his followers until he returns like we're just about to do in a moment. The third thing is the enemy loves it when we just hide away. When we just hide away, keep church nice and safe. The enemy loves that. But actually he wants us to take church into the rest of our week. He wants to take that communion that we can have with him and an impact on the city around us into the rest of our week. Fourth thing is programs have never changed a city. Only people do. Only people change a city. And so when you are full of the Holy Spirit, when you take little acts of obedience, it is the collective we that impact the city, not programs. No program has ever changed a city. Only people do. So just to keep that in mind in the season. And lastly, intimacy with God is, in this future season, is not only going to be required, it's going to be expected. And hear me when I say that. If you're a baby Christian, like, that's not, oh gosh, like, I'm not up for this. That's just saying that God wants to grow you. God wants to actually grow you up. It says in the New Testament, don't just be a baby, but actually begin to develop meat and be able to uh, feed yourself. Like if I'm wandering around in a nappy, it's not real cute anymore. You know, that's probably not the image that you want under something like <laughs> that. But what is actually going to be required of us to reach the city of Blacktown is authority. And authority comes from knowing who our author is. Author, authority. And so God actually wants to give us that level of authority to impact wherever we go, wherever we go. And the very last thing, and I really could have turned this into a sermon series itself, maybe we'll do it in the future, but there's a guy called Steve Addison, and he writes a book called Movements That Change the World. Now, um, at the moment, we're, we're 30 or so people sitting in a hall. That may not seem like something could change the world, but what God asks of us is to change our part of the world. Our little corner <laughs> in Blacktown to begin with and so on and so forth. And he talks about five dynamics that are almost present within every single movement that has changed the world. And I love it on Irish Heritage. is the story of Sir St. Patrick, who's kind of like the, the foundation of his book. And talks about the incredible stories of like, these random Irish blokes who just got to barrels and jump in the ocean like, God, oh, wherever you take me, that's where you're leading me. And he tells the story of St. Patrick, who was literally, the story of St. Patrick, we, we think it's just an opportunity to have too many beers, we, the story of St. Patrick was that he was abducted by um, the Irish barbarians and grew such a heart for them that he wanted to share the faith of Jesus. And that's a radical story. Uh, but anyway, he, he shares five dynamics of movements that have been present within all sorts of amazing um, moments in history where God has moved. And and I'll share the other four at another time. But the first thing that he says, and I think this is where for us as a church, Oak City, where God is wanting to turn up the temperature the first dynamic of any movement that changes the world are those who have white hot faith. It's almost like when you you go to grab a, a bit of metal that's been in in the fire you have to learn that i don't know if you've ever been that person when you go out for dinner and the waiter tells you don't touch it god is looking for a church that are white hot in their faith that they love jesus and and you know the most infectious thing about any church about any family about any individual is their infectious faith that is the most infectious thing and that's a continuum. We're never always there. We're never permanently encamped in full-blown passion for Jesus or anything like that. But my sense this morning is we resume meeting together physically. And Al, maybe I can ask you to go and fossick for those. Um, there's just a cardboard box around there. I hope it's there. Otherwise, it's on my car or in the trailer, and I'll just be twiddling my thumbs for the next couple. Anyway, I'll let. good to be back (laughs) there's always one thing that you forget there's always one but God wants to turn up the temperature in terms of both our faith but also the way that we might take that to the city of Blacktown and so as they're getting communion they were just really and for those of you who don't know what communion is literally it was the thing that Jesus did with his best mates before he went to the cross and he said for them to do this until he comes again Um, And he took the bread and he broke it and he gave it to them as a sign of his broken body. And he poured out the wine, which was a sign of his blood that was about to be spilled upon the cross. And there are two particular verses that just really jumped out to me this morning that I just want to share with us as in our own space um, we just consider what this means for us. And the first one was when John the Baptist saw Jesus for the first time and he just said, Behold the Lamb of God. Hey, round of applause for Alan. Thank you for that. Yeah. 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 And the second one, as you're receiving community, and we're going we're gonna to do that all together in just a moment, but um, you can hold on to that. Take a little COVID-friendly, safe ones that you can rip apart. And but the second one, and this is what Paul wrote in his letter to the church in Corinth, he said, Every time you eat this bread and drink this juice or this wine or this cup, you are announcing Jesus' death and resurrection until he comes back. I've had a real awakening. I reckon recently I've grown pretty tired of communion, think that it's just a thing that we do. But actually I had a real slap in the face recently. Actually, this is what we are doing until Jesus returns remembering Him, remembering His death, His resurrection and ascension. So you may just want to have 30 seconds of silence as you remember that again for yourself. And in just a moment, um, I'll invite us to take the juice together and to pray. Jesus, we thank you that you're the one who has gone before us. And sometimes in life, we can feel scared. We can feel nervous. We can wonder how we're going to get through. But we thank you, Jesus, that you have shown us the way of the cross, of death, resurrection and ascension. And even as we have talked today about coming back together and the exciting new season that is before us, You are always ahead of us. There is never a time that we're trying to make this stuff up. You are ahead of us. You have our very best in mind as we seek to follow you. And so we pause to remember, just as Corinthians says, to eat and drink until you come again. Let's drink together. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, I am um, again, I'm so glad that we're all back together. If you've been visiting us this Sunday, we'd love having you. As we do every Sunday, um, we just wanted to provide an opportunity that if something has come out of the message today, we're like, oh, that really hits home for me. Um, I would just want to say if you'd like prayer for that, please come and ask myself or Jess or really anyone. Uh, we want to be a, a church that is passionate about not just teaching God's word, but, but experiencing God's word and praying together. So that's you. Don't be timid. But like I said, uh, we're going to have some extended coffee time. You shoot off whenever you need to. There's more croissants, more chips, more coffee. Um, and hey, how about we just give another round of applause and the men back? Today?